acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, this has been quite the week for weather here in southwest Texas, hasn't it? Temperatures that rival even the east coast. Wind chills that drop the feels-like temperature even more. Not exactly what we have come to expect in San Antonio, with normal temperatures usually hovering in the low to mid-70s. And so often happens, creation teaches us lessons about considering what is and what is not normal. Creation teaches us what impact and consequences false expectations seduce us into accommodating, either by denial or intentional ignorance. In this moment of dramatic seasonal change, we are called to take notice of the lessons creation teaches us about living lives of witness to our faith in Jesus Christ. And even more urgently, we are called to accountability as to who we are called to be, to whom we ultimately belong, and upon whom do we depend for our very life and salvation. Lately, I have been reflecting on the suddenness with which life can sometimes seem to change on a dime. You know those times in your life, I am sure, as I know them as well. Whether it is a relationship that is somehow morphing unexpectedly, a new diagnosis or health concern, an unexpected change in employment, an unanticipated move, on and on, all of which can suddenly confront us with a sense of overwhelming loss of control and anxiety. The truth is there never seems to be an opportune time for unanticipated yet necessary change. And yet that is exactly what happens all around us all the time. And it can impact us even if we are not the ones who are making the major adjustments in our lives. Here is what the treasure trove of the Book of Common Prayer delivers, the prayer with the right turn of phrase for just such times. The phrase to which I am referring this morning is this, the changes and chances of this life. Be present O merciful God, and protect us through the hours of this night so that we who are wearied by the changes and chances of this life may rest in your eternal changelessness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Fear can be all-consuming, crippling, and sometimes, yes, even irrational. But fear is fear, and we can be held hostage by it. We can become even paralyzed by it. We can lose all sense of hope and deliverance from it. Fear is powerful stuff, and we can surrender to its power and accommodate to its unreasonable demands if we do not hold ourselves responsible to notice how we are living and what constitutes our foundational orientation for life in all times and in all seasons. 
Personally, I am deeply grateful that Jesus speaks a great deal about fear and anxiety. He has his own scriptures from the Hebrew Bible that address God's faithfulness in the face of danger. And the Psalms are full of rich references to crying out in fear, only to discover time and time again that, as in our psalm this morning, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Even the first reading from the prophet Jeremiah speaks to the warnings that are all around us. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord, only to reemphasize the promise of our ever-faithful and merciful God. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands, and I will bring them back. I will raise up shepherds who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer. Aren't these the words we need to hear today? I need them. I need to be reminded over and over again that in every time and season and circumstance, I am not alone. I am not abandoned to the powers of darkness that seem to overwhelm me. But I and you are kept and folded and lifted up by the love of God in Jesus Christ over and over again. And you and I are called to do the same in his name. Yet still I need to confess a struggle that is about the name of the feast we celebrate today, the Feast of Christ the King, a feast that is celebrated every year as the last Sunday of the current liturgical year arrives, looking forward to next week and the beginning of a new liturgical year and a new season of Advent. So what's the problem, you might be asking? Well, there is a real disconnect for me, and perhaps for you. Just as we are on the threshold of Advent Year A, leading to the hopeful expectation and promise of a Messiah to be born for us, the one named Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us, we humans seem to be dead set on crowning Jesus as Christ the King. And that's hard for me. Didn't we fight a revolutionary war about kingship and freedom? About freedom from and freedom for? And did not Jesus himself, when hearing the question, are you the king of the Jews, in customary rabbinic fashion replied, you say that I am. Why are we so determined to crown Jesus a king and be done with it? Oh, I know that the intention is to illustrate a king who reigns in a peaceable kingdom and how glorious and worthwhile a dream that is. A kingdom, really. A K-I-N, kingdom, in which we are all related to one another through our faith in Jesus Christ as the body of Christ here on earth. A kingdom where the words of the prophet Isaiah 
witness to healing the sick, being the light to the nations, opening the eyes of the blind, bringing out prisoners from dungeons, and freeing those enshrouded by darkness. Oh, I get the intention, but the language of kingship falls tone deaf on my ears, despite the intention. And let's be honest. The same Jesus who lived and died on our behalf is the Christ of our salvation. But king, I prefer the ancient term, even the most ancient of all terms, Christ as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and everything that is love and compassion and justice and peace in all the in-between times in our lives. This is the kinship of Christ into which we are all baptized. So why on this last Sunday of the liturgical year before the new one begins, why seemingly out of the blue, as we face a new beginning, do we end with a gospel reading placing Jesus in the place of the skull where they crucified him with criminals on his right and on his left? Why would we do such a thing as to read the crucifixion story on the last Sunday of our liturgical year? Well, I consider this gospel today a gift. A gift. Because on this day, this last Sunday of the church year, we need to be shocked out of our comfortable complacency. We need to be reminded of the cost of discipleship. We need to be confronted with what all-consuming, all-embracing love looks like in the person of Jesus, who rises as the Christ, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end for every single one of us. This is Christ, whose resurrection we are promised and whose life and death we are united in our baptism. Sometimes we need to be confronted not by the romanticized and sanitized birth of a newborn son, but we need instead to wrestle with our own inherent identity as made in the image and likeness of this one who went to his death, who forgave a repentant thief, who rose again and invites us to live in the light of his love, as you and I are then called to be like him and offer that self-same love to everyone we meet along the way. Beloveds of God, we are accountable for how we choose to live our lives. It matters. It matters most for those of us who dare to call us, who dare to call ourselves followers, witnesses to Jesus Christ in this world. This world in which terrible tragedy happens, a world of such violence where we need to be accountable to the love that embraces us all. We are accountable to him to be the self-same light of love in this world, 
now perhaps more than ever. We are those who are in need of a shocking reminder of the power that is love. Love that is not love over, but love with. Love that does not oppress, but love that sets us free. Love that asks not for reward, but love that is willing to sacrifice more than we ever imagined ourselves capable of loving and sacrificing. Because this Jesus, this Christ, who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of all of us, seeks our wholehearted, our wholehearted surrender to that love, to heal this world, to be the light of Jesus Christ in the midst of every time and season that terrifies us or brings us to our knees. It is his resurrection that lifts us up. It is his resurrection that gives us hope in every time and season of our lives. So today, we stand on the threshold of the end, which leads once again to the beginning. May we trust Christ, the Alpha and the Omega who leads the way through all the terrifying changes and chances of this life. May you and I, no matter what it is that shakes the foundation of our lives, stay strong in our faith in Jesus Christ. May you and I have the courage to share that kind of love with everyone we meet along the way, no exceptions. And may we stand firm in the promise of Christ's kinship, the ultimate relationship upon which our whole lives matter. May you leave this place today on fire with the love of Christ. And may you be that beacon of light and love in this world with everyone you meet along the way. Amen.